0: Hey there, I'm your host, TG Brandfault, and you are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of entrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Kyle Spidel. He is the co-CEO of The Green Solution out in Colorado. How are you doing today, Kyle?
1: Very good. Thanks for asking.
0: So uh, before we get into what it is you guys do over there, tell me about yourself, man. How'd you get started in this cannabis space?
1: Yeah, so we've been lucky enough to start in the space since really its infancy. Um, Our opportunity has been um, really a productive um, start for us that really no others have have really had that opportunity um, in. And I I guess it's a a curse and a blessing, And, and the reason I say that is because Uh, you know, it was more of the Wild West when we got into it, which was uh, 2010. Um, We started hearing the changes occurring in 2009. That's when Obama um, kind of made that, uh, put the first memo out that that changed the focus of of cannabis. And so we got extremely interested in the opportunity. Um, But for us, up until that time, we were developers, real estate developers uh, Eric, uh, my co-CEO, was in the Marine Corps, um, and I was uh, doing uh, real estate acquisitions and uh, flipping houses and, and running a construction company. and And honestly, what occurred was in two thousand eight nine, uh, we were part of the real estate bubble, and it was literally harder to sell houses uh, than. Than it was to be in the cannabis industry, um, and so we kind of took our knowledge and and real uh, business acumen uh, around planning, development, and zoning, um, and decided, well, cannabis it just applies to that in its own ways, and so we um, got our first store, and it kind of took off from there. And so we transitioned, thinking, you know, we just get as far as we could in the cannabis industry, uh, depending on how it went. And then as real estate picked back up, um, we could maybe get back into it. And, um, you know, we ended up being really good at it and here we are today.
0: And, you know, I did some research on you guys. You're sort of a pioneer of firsts over there. Uh, you launched uh, an online cannabis store in 2013, and uh, you conducted the state's first legal retail sale on January 1st, 2014. Uh, you opened the first cannabis outlet store in July. So can you tell me how you identified the need for each one of these projects? Yeah,
1: Absolutely. You know, for us, going back to my first point, which was how long we've been in the industry, we've certainly been through a lot of tribulations around the growth of the industry and really the voids that, uh, kind of came to fruition. Um, Some of those were in software. Uh, Some of them were just the legalization and the gap of changing it from medical to rec. Um, Things like the outlet store, like you said, and the e-commerce site. So these things... Some of them came to be just based on, you know, changes in regulatory environments um, and the others um, just were gaps that needed to be filled. And from uh, our company's perspective and our vision, we have so many opportunities daily. Um, but from a workload perspective, uh, we've been blessed to have a lot of resources along the way that have been able to tackle a lot of different facets of the industry. Um, And we've been really uh, analyzing and trying to understand the best way to progress um, the company and avenues that we knew would not only change our company in a way that would It'd be more effective, efficient, and more streamlined for our productivity, but also to um, fill that void where the um, industry was lacking. And so, you know, we we've really prided ourselves on doing everything as best as possible in the moment that we have. Um, things like going uh, recreational on January first. The reason the rest of the state wasn't able to do that is because um, when they uh, attempted to transition the laws, there was a lot of red tape. And if you weren't up to compliance and at the forefront of that, you essentially didn't get to uh, transition. And we were two out of, I believe, the nine stores that went recreational on January 1st. And that only occurred because we were compliant up until that point. And so our philosophy around compliancy and um, structure and organization, coupled with our ability to see uh, or have foresight in the market gaps, provided that opportunity to um, really capitalize on these opportunities that existed. And so, you know, being a pioneer I think is a little easier when you're in it at, from the beginning, but I also think that it it takes all these other ingredients to really bring that opportunity, um, to fruition. And we certainly, uh, have been able to, uh, provide that experience and, um, capitalize on as best as we can. So.
0: Can, can you tell me about some of the issues that you faced while launching, you know, the online sales and, you know, the outlet store? And how did you overcome those, those issues?
1: You know, the biggest opportunity for us is to understand it. And so, as a CEO and as my executive team and and their vice presidents and so on and so forth in our company, the one thing that we are very good at and understand is how to be involved when we need to be so that we understand it well. And so when we're launching new things um, and and trying to really develop them, we take strong leadership and ownership of those opportunities to make sure that we plug them in uh, in the right places. For example, as we have the opportunity to be vertically integrated, which we are, you know, we are a, a controller of our agricultural side or cultivation, our manufacturing, our extraction and infused products in our retail environments. And with that, whatever changes we make or whatever we do, um, we have that Finger on the pulse in the sense that we know exactly what's happening in all of the stages and how they affect each other. And because of that, it allows us to overcome that adversity and that difficulty a lot easier. And that's why my team has been so operationally um, intertwined with our conglomerate, because we just ensure that we make the best decisions we possibly can. And as we've grown the company, which now we are um, just under 700 employees in, in Colorado, um, you know, our job is to ensure that the integrity of our, uh, you know, detail and understanding of this business is cascaded um, to the tiers and levels that are under us so that that information um makes it easier for them to overcome the challenges. But, you know, honestly, it's, it is really just sheer hard work and determination. And, you know, our company and the people that are in it work, you know, 80 hours a week and have been doing it for eight, you know, eight, nine years now. And it, it, it's the American dream when you think about just applying yourself to um, something and, uh, you know, it becoming, uh, what it is and, and coming to fruition. So,
0: so it's, it's obvious that you sort of, you know, you've, you've always sort of thought outside of the box. Um, you, you guys recently partnered with, uh, radio personalities, uh, blazing hit radio. Can you, can you tell me and the listeners about that project and, and why you decided it was something that you wanted to proceed with?
1: Yeah, first that is uh an amazing opportunity that we've had and and embarking on that journey has been uh really exciting. But I have one word and it's culture. And so over the years, you know, in the last eight, nine years that we've been in this, we certainly have have felt that there's been other driving forces on the culture of cannabis and and you know, with a with an industry that has been suppressed for so long. Um, decades, it, it needed, it has to have a voice. And there's advocates, there is, uh, you know, owners, there's patients and customers, and everybody single, singularly have a voice. But what we don't have is somebody speaking, you know, from the mountaintop all the time, trying to convey a message of change. And so, There's there was uh, people like high times that came into the industry um, early on that have since disappeared, actually, from the industry. And, you know, early on, we really relied on them to create that culture. You know, we looked forward to tumors to Colorado um, and we saw great influx and we started seeing other events popping up here and there. And uh, the one thing we found, though, that they were becoming inconsistent. Uh, Even with the downtown Civic Center, you know, last year it is now attacked by the mayor. And, uh, you know, because the people putting it on don't want to work with the city in creating a a, a positive environment for everybody. And so what the blazing hit radio was meant to do is to provide a new voice to the cannabis culture and doing it in a way that is fun and entertaining because um, trying to attract new people to cannabis is imperative for the strength of the industry. The more that we capture the audience and the more that we convince people that this is better than opioids, this is better than alcohol, this is better than all these other things that are destroying other cultures or our social um, well-being, and so our objective is to intertwine the consumer focus of cannabis, which is the day-to-day use, with the lifestyle of cannabis and how that can be a social, um, you know, change in the in the um, state. And you know, Colorado has been given or blessed to be so far ahead of all these other states that we still have that opportunity to shape the nation. But if we don't continue pushing our agenda in a way that promotes our opportunity that we have, you know, it's going to die. And the we're, we're being fought every day by all these other, um, you know, negative people that are trying to take it down uh, in a way that, or suppress it in a way that um, is going to be detrimental. And so blazing hit radio does a lot of things. It is a morning show for an every for you to wake up every day we do wake and bakes um with uh our, our talent which is larry uh uliberry and kathy j um and they are uh they in their past have been uh strong radio hosts in a, a very predominant um hip hop station here in colorado and so we we partnered with them to start this revolution because they love the idea of starting something new that actually has a basis for it, that has a reason and a culture that they can get behind. And, you know, Kathy J is not even an avid smoker. She is a everyday, um, you know, house, uh, housewife, a mom, a, uh, you know, a, a entrepreneur herself, but just believes in the fact of let's, let's stop this. And so, They've created all kinds of skits throughout the day. It's a full-blown radio station that has uh, music all day long. Um, And it's certainly an opportunity for everybody to uh, really engage. But uh, blazinghitradio.com is where you can go to listen to it or you can download the app in Google Play or um, Apple Store. So certainly uh, I encourage anybody to do it because – Uh, it's, it's an awesome time. I mean, you can wake up to us every day.
0: That's, that's a super interesting project, super unique too. I mean, there, there's a lot of people trying to, uh, you know, roll out cannabis centric, uh, television stations or shows, you know, on, on Roku and stuff, but to, I don't know, I guess there's something sort of romantic about taking the airwaves back.
1: Yeah, and what's funny about that um, is the reason they actually – I guess 50% of the reason they wanted to come over to do this is because they wanted to get out of – a traditional radio in the sense that they feel like it's dying just because everybody has Bluetooth now and they, they can connect their phone to their um, car or, you know, to their home in any way and stop listening to the radio, you know? And what they saw is the digital revolution and saying, let's get on digital and let's support cannabis and do them together. And that's how it came to fruition.
0: Well, I, I, I want to talk to you a bit more about about Colorado's Colorado's market as a whole. Uh, Before we do that, we got to take a break. This is the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm T.G. Brandwald.
2: If you are looking for a job in the rapidly growing and highly competitive cannabis industry, Gontrepreneur.com is the place to look. Visit the Gondrepreneur Job Board today to browse current openings with cannabis companies throughout the United States, from entry-level bud tender positions to executive-level career opportunities. You can also create a profile and upload your resume to be discovered by cannabis recruiters. Visit our job board at jobs.gondrepreneur.com to create your profile today. If you are a business owner, you can post your job openings for as little as $25 on our job board to reach the largest and most engaged audience of cannabis professionals on the web. Companies who are listed in the Gondrepreneur business directory are eligible for free job listings. If you are already signed up, contact us today via the website or send us an email at grow at Gondrepreneur.com to activate your unique coupon.
0: Hey, welcome back to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, here with Kyle Spidel co-CEO of The Green Solution. Um, so you have been... In Colorado's market, I mean, from the beginning, um, you know, can, can you sort of describe your experience in the migration from medical to retail? Yeah,
1: that's been quite a roller coaster ride. And and honestly, you have to think about it as before even regulation was there. And so we've been we House Bill 1284 came out in July of um, I believe eleven. And so we operated for about nine months without even regulation, and it was self-governance. And it was important to us to really try to uh, rise above um, and and try to become as legitimate as possible in the time in which, Um, it was very difficult to even understand where the industry was headed. So we were actually promoted the fact that we were getting regulation under the medical marijuana laws so that we could then embrace them because the one thing we wanted was to have a backing from the state against the federal government as this evolved. So that was step one. Step two was um, learning who we were between um, the time that uh, we were medical to the time we became recreational and trying to understand the needs of the patients and how we uh, built a brand and a products around the, the consumer needs. And that was, its own challenges and trying to scale the the business to a point where we were opening uh, cultivation sites and complementing them with manufacturing to create this, and um, it was certainly a roller coaster ride and. Then legalization came to be, and and like we discussed prior, that we were the first to to actually go recreational. And, and one thing that we wanted to do was just understand it as fast as possible. Understand what the consumer market of recreational would be, and how it would complement um, medical. And the common uh, differences here are very uh, small. And the thing that I think people don't understand. Is that you know we grow cannabis that's medical within one foot of cannabis that we grow recreationally. Um, there is really no difference in in the product itself. Um, actually, recreational product is significantly more regulated and tested than medical. It's a common uh, misconception uh, in the industry, actually, and. When when we embraced recreational, we actually we've been testing um, all of our products uh, since mid 2014, and medical just started, and they are not even uh, half of the testing we've been doing now for almost two or two and a half years. And so, what's interesting about that is we believed so much more in the recreational uh, way of regulation, which is significantly more testing and regulation around it because it again was a catalyst to making us a better company that we've embraced it more than ever. And one big change that we've made was, you know, all of our stores are recreational at this point. Um, and, People call our call centers. We actually have a, a almost a twenty four hour a day call center um, that we allow people to make reservations. We have uh, an e commerce site that is like Amazon um, that people use to put reservations in and do a call center or make a call heads, which is really cool. So, so you know, is it
0: from for I mean, you know, you had said that you're. Uh, you know, you you started even before there was there was regulation, medical regulation. Um, how have the fluctuating prices in the state affected you, and how have you sort of managed to maintain your business model through that? Uh, you know, those, those constant changes.
1: Yeah. So. Part of that uh, comes from just the transition um, uh, between medical and recreational, and it's certainly been a roller coaster ride uh, as medical transitioned into recreational, and the recreational cannabis skyrocketed in price, and then the medical, um, you know, almost plummeted. It was almost the exact opposite, and now it's really uh, transitioned, and a lot of that came from. The transition of influx as every new company came online for recreational. So, what's important is that we as a company want to somewhat be everything to everyone as much as we possibly can. We want to have products for connoisseur, we want to have a value product for uh, people who are more price conscious. Um, But it's a very uh, distinct and difficult thing to do because how different cannabis grows and how much, uh, you know, we have to pull that together, um, on a day-to-day basis and just make really almost on the spot decisions constantly. Should we, you know, fill the shelf with lower quality or, you know, not lower quality, but lower price product, uh, even if it is a better quality or do we keep it at a high price and, you know, where's the fluctuation of people. So, Um, You know, that comes from us providing uh, just as much uh, consistency as we can around the product and trying to create a real strong brand around the consistency. And so with that, we believe that um, it allows or keeps customers um, with us regardless of kind of the constant fight to the bottom, um, which is somewhat happening on a day-to-day basis, but we certainly are at a point where we feel, um, you know, like we're in a great place of the, the industry is trying to bring the best value to the consumers. And we're just a catalyst for that. So we monitor it day to day and just make determinations as we need to.
0: And then, so just recently, uh, they there were some changes in, uh, the edible rules. So now, you know, statewide, you guys can no longer have uh, edibles, gummies shaped like fruit. You can't actually put the word candy or candies. Uh, it's fruits, animals, people, balloons, uh, and you can't put candy or candies on the packaging. Uh, was this something that that you guys were prepared for? And how, if at all, will this, these new rules affect the industry in Colorado?
1: yeah one thing that we're consistently dealing with is just the consistent desire from um the opposition and the regulators to continuously change the rules. It's a very difficult thing um to overcome in in you know when we have to buy every one of our products or packaging in very small batches to account for the concerns of a change, then, you know, it really drives the price up and um, it's something we're trying to tackle as much as possible. But to answer the question about the specific changes of the shapes and candies, we've been trying to pioneer that for quite some time, the actual, not the change, but trying to get in front of it as we work through the products um we've been compliant with that for some some time now but i i echo what a lot of legislators have concerns about which is where does that end um when does consumer safety and responsibility when is that ownership on the uh consumer um we think about that the same way as alcohol um that you know it doesn't matter what you do if uh, if somebody wants to get in the package, they will. If they're old enough to get through the child-resistant packaging, they will. Um, it's about a consumer then acting in good faith for their family and what they believe is right, and putting them in safes and putting them in high places. Um, you know, we have to be as much of an advocate for responsibility as anybody does, and we are. But we also have to draw the line where um, where the regulation is. Um, there is a difference between medical and recreational because the medical has much higher potency than uh, recreational. But in reality, the packaging is not going to stop somebody if they ingest it accidentally from getting high because five milligrams is going to... Uh, change your mind state your mindset. And uh, it doesn't matter. And, and they try to do that distinguished difference. But in my opinion, they should align those significantly uh, more closely. And most importantly, we should find a happy median for consumers and the, the uh, commercial producers, because if we continue to have the change occur, that that regulators are in charge and advocates in opposition have a bigger voice than consumers or the uh, owners of the businesses, then we're going to be in a bad place in two or three years where, you know, you're going to have to have, you know, 10 times the packaging and it's just going to continue driving costs up for the consumer, which I think is uh, a very bad way to uh, operate uh, the industry.
0: So I, I want, you, you had mentioned, you know, these changes that you want to see, uh, that you'd like to see in the state. Before uh, we get into that, uh, I've got to take a break, this is Gontrepreneur.com podcast and T.G. Brandfall.
2: At Gontrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of cannabis bias, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded. That they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com business service directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to gontrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today.
0: Hey there, welcome back. I'm your host, TG Brandfault, and you are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm here with Kyle Spidell, co CEO of The Green Solution. Uh, so, you had, you had mentioned you know, before the break, we we're talking about edibles, uh, some of the changes that you'd like to see enacted in the, in, in the state. Um, are there any other issues or uh, regulations that you'd like to see either added to the state's regime or uh, removed from the regulations?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, the first thing is somewhat of what I mentioned earlier, which is the constant change of the industry. We want to pull that back. Uh, You know, everybody has an opinion, um, which is fine. Uh, We don't want to suppress people's voice, but we certainly want to uh, focus that into a uh, strategic analysis um, over time, we don't want to constantly change things because every year we're changing things we just implemented, and there's nobody saying or th- really providing data that allows us to know if it works or not. And so, we- the industry is in its infancy still in reality. And, you know, when you think of eight years, we've had seven or eight different rule changes along the way that have completely changed everything. And so how does anybody know how well it works without just letting it work for time? So that's number one, you know, from there, um, we, we certainly want to align Um, the medical and recreational side more because we feel that there are a lot of great things that are occurring in recreational that aren't occurring in medical and vice versa. And the more that we can bring those two together, one thing that we do as a company is we provide reciprocity uh, in our stores. We're one of the only companies in the state that do that. And what that does is it allows other medical companies in our medical, um, states to have that same card and use it in our stores. And we do that actually because we, we do it under the recreational model. And what we don't, we don't believe the differentiation between medical and rec in a way that the products are, are worse because in reality, we again, have more regulation around cannabis in the retail market than we do in the medical. So we call our store an adult use store. We provide a 15% discount to any medical patients in the state and provide reciprocity. And when you come into our stores, there's no difference uh, between medical and rec. And we want to see that from a legislative perspective because it is impossible to, to have. Think about it this way. If we have 12 stores and every one of them are medical and rec, we're really operating 24 because they have to have distinctly different inventory, different people working them, um, and, and segregation in the building in all ways, virtually and physically. That is such an onerous way to operate a business. One, it drives up co- consumer costs, which doesn't make any sense. And two, it, it, it provides a, an ambiguous um way to operate from a regulatory. They don't even know the rules when you ask them um, as much as they should. And so the more that we can align the good things of retail with the good things of medical and try to provide an adult use market. um, And whether that continues having uh, medical cards, I think it's an amazing thing to help uh, cancer patients and specific uh, people in need. And let's provide an, an, an outlet for that. And so I can, you know, increase the limits so they don't have to come to the stores as often, but let's keep the regulation and the, uh, um, environment consistent because we, as the industry would flourish if this difference, uh, wasn't in place. So really excited to can, kind of progress that agenda and certainly something we're advocating for.
0: So, and then, the, so in Denver, there's a lot of chatter right now about the social use initiative, um you know a lot of people are saying that the program is too limited and that few will actually get these licenses uh, what what's your sort of take on that program
1: i echo the fact that it's too restrictive um you know I I know it is a double-edged sword. The reasoning I've heard behind it is just that they don't want to progress the cannabis agenda in a time when we have a president and an attorney general that are um, not in favor of this industry in a way that they should be. And because of that, I think they're um, tiptoeing around the idea. Now, they do that, though, because they're trying to put in place a, a strong regulatory body. But what I think they're failing to understand is that when people come to Colorado, they have no place to use cannabis. And having or missing that key component pushes it into the streets, pushes it into places that shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, which is, you know, God forbid someone's car or the alley around their hotel or, you know, the public places like a park. You know, those are places that if people could enjoy it under a closed roof, what are they hurting? Um, it happens every day in every single other person's household. So not providing that outlet is actually more detrimental, in my opinion, to the uh, federal guidelines that they're trying to follow, which is uh, tighter regulation than it is if they were to allow it. So to me, I feel that it, that they should embrace it. It's certainly a huge gap that we are uh, working with our government relations side on to promote because I believe it would change the culture again of of Colorado significantly where um, people stop ingesting alcohol um, all night long and mellow out and um, they stop uh, you know smoking it on 16th street mall when when they're forced to. and um, they shouldn't be doing that if we don't have to. and I think it's a huge gap that we need to fill.
0: I think that's a that's a really really interesting take. You know, I, I don't live in Colorado, and you know the idea. And I've always read, you know, the excuse, oh, well, we want we're trying to prevent federal crackdown. And I'm like, well, why don't you just put people inside, right? So that way, it's not in everyone's face. Um, so so what's next for you guys, man? What's next for the green solution? You know, the 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 market's maturing. You guys are maturing right along with it. You know, radio stations and and. Outlet stores. What what's next?
1: Yeah, um, you know, for us, it, it's really never going to end. We're going to continue um, pushing the envelope as much as we can. Uh, we love to be cutting edge. Certain things, uh, you know, we develop all of our own software. So we're we're working on a strategy for our retail environment for um, customers to uh, be in the stores autonomously. Um, so that they are, are can kind of get in and out as they need. Um, we're opening more locations. We're expanding um, the consumer experience digitally and um, in the retail environment. Um, we're focusing on new products coming out, which are uh, tons, of, are a lot of new lines, uh, some revolutionary that you've never seen, um, new types of pre rolls, new. Uh, types of edibles and and concentrates that are not only new to the market, but, um, new products inside, uh, categories that are, um, already existing. And so, you know, we're, we're just excited to be at the forefront of this, but, you know, we see it as Mm -hmm. an expectation for us to push this as hard as we can, because we don't ever want it to return to the uh, underground nature that it was, you know, for for five decades. And so for us, it's about um, trying to fit in as a normal business in every way, um, whether that is uh, our offices being downtown so that we're on the heart of Wall Street because cannabis belongs there, or to, uh, you know, us, being some of the best online stores and uh, websites out there. And um, we just want to continue making waves uh, and and providing as much opportunity for access around the globe as possible. We have a uh, franchise model that allows us to expand rapidly nationally. So we're in Florida, Illinois, Oregon, and Nevada currently, with a few other states uh, that we're bringing on as well. And, You know, our goal is to not let those states start where we started eight years ago. We want them to start where we are today in Colorado and continue pushing that movement so that we – push our agenda, um, from a legalization standpoint as fast as possible so that it can't be suppressed. So that's, what's going on over here at the green solution. I mean, we're, we're just never going to stop. And we're, we're, we're excited to just have the opportunity to tell our story on, on Gondrepreneur and anywhere else
0: that's willing to listen. And finally, what, what advice would you have for other entrepreneurs?
1: You know, I I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. The the thing that really drives me and what I've learned over time is define and believe in a strategy and just build from it and don't pivot um, don't pivot that strategy until you absolutely know there is a reason. A lot of uh, young entrepreneurs pick a strategy and then uh, they prematurely move to another strategy um, without getting the data without understanding what the, the, the real facts of it are. And the thing that has driven, drove us um, over time is listening to our consumers, listening all the time. And so we never pivoted from what our core ideas and strategies were because we wanted to continue understanding who and what we're doing in this industry and in any other um, business I've been in and just Listening and staying true to your course is the best advice I can give you.
0: And finally, where can people find out uh, more about you, more about what you guys do, more about the Green Solution?
1: Yeah, so uh, our e-commerce website, or uh, you can find us online at mygreensolution.com. Um, we have 13 current locations in Colorado. Um, and, uh, around the nation, we have another, uh, five as we speak. And so, you know, we can, uh, you can call also our phone lines at 303-990-9723. That gets you directly to our call center, um, which at that point will give you any information about our products, uh, the people behind the scenes, the culture of the green solution or any other facts or questions you have. And, um, we love to listen to anybody and, and, all of those questions and concerns um, make it to us. We are listening all the time, and and would love your feedback on us about the or or the industry or anything else that you'd you'd like to um, talk about. So, um, really appreciate the opportunity.
0: I, I look, you're you're an OG man. You know, you you've been in this industry a long, long time. So it's it's uh, I think it's really great that uh, you have the opportunity to uh, you know get your get your, uh, sort of philosophy out there and your, uh, your, your products, uh, your story out there. I really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. I appreciate it as well. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. I've been your host, T.G. Fault. I just blew my own name. <laughs>